going to read Acts chapter 2. We're going to go back, back in Acts. Um, we've, we're actually in Acts 21, but we're going back to uh, chapter 2 and verse 36. We'll start. And Peter right here is, in fact, actually, Blanca. Can we get someone else to do slides so Blanca can interpret? Is Josebet here? Or anyone who speaks Spanish? There you go. Yeah, Josebet's right around the corner. If you, would you mind interpreting for her? Anyone else speak Spanish, need a Spanish interpreter? No? All right. Someone who wants to bravely jump on slides real quick? Yeah, Andy Cook's got it. Thanks, Andy Cook. All right. So Peter is um, a follower of Jesus. And he has walked with Jesus all the way to the cross and on the other side when he's seen Jesus rise from the dead. And they are on the other side of Jesus, uh, being away, being in heaven, ascending to the Father. And they are proclaiming, they're, they're going throughout the world saying this good news about who Jesus is. And Peter is preaching to people in Israel. And this is what he says. He says, verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And listen to this, verse 39. The promise is for you. Say, it's for me. And your children. Say, it's for our children. And for all who are far off. Say, it's for everyone. For all whom the Lord our God will call. What is the response to Jesus, this new king? They say, what shall we do? And they say, repent, be baptized. So today we have four young people that are wanting to be baptized, which means they are going, they're committing their lives for the rest of their life to follow Jesus, to trust Jesus. And today is also a chance for every one of us, if you have been baptized before, to remember our baptism and to recommit our life to Jesus and pledge our allegiance anew to Jesus. And for some of you, you haven't been baptized. Today is a day to consider, will I publicly declare and pledge my allegiance to this new king, this new God, this God made known in Jesus. In baptism, we pledge allegiance, and this is a slide, Andy. We pledge allegiance to a new king, leading in a new direction toward a new creation. 
In baptism, we pledge our allegiance to a new king leading us in a new direction toward, we're going somewhere, toward new creation. I love the movie Wonder Woman. Anyone else? Uh, No. For some reason, it's my favorite. Wonder Woman, the first one. I haven't seen the second one. But what's powerful about Wonder Woman is the setting is World War II. And the world is literally on fire. People are killing themselves, literally killing other people, shooting, using mass weapons of mass destruction, beating each other, slaughtering one another, gutting one another to death. The whole world is involved in conflict. And this world is under the influence of the god Ares, the god of war. And we find only Wonder Woman realizes this, but the whole world is under the influence of a false god and the lies and deception of this false god, Ares. Wonder Woman realizes if she can take out Ares, the delusion, the, the false, the deception that the world is laboring under will lift and the war will end. So everyone is under the influence of Ares, and Wonder Woman comes from a different land. She comes from a different world, and she suspects a different world is possible in this world when she defeats Ares, and his influence over the world fades. And so the, the most best scene is when she defeats Ares by absorbing all his murderous rage, all of his violence, all of his destructive energy. She absorbs it into herself, and it depletes him of all of his energy, and he dies. And there is literally war going on all around them. And I love it. When he dies, it's as if a cloud lifts, and people who are literally beating each other, shooting each other, kind of wake up as if from a dream, and they realize what they're doing, and they stop in the middle of it, and they drop their weapons, and they look up at the person they were just having conflict with, and they look at, they lock eyes, and a smile begins to lift on their face, and then instead of beating each other, they embrace each other, and they go, they walk toward a new world, a new possibility that is no longer under this influence of this false god and his lies and his deceptions. Like the world under the influence of Ares, I would argue we are under the influence of Ares, (laughs) we live in a world under the influence of an enemy. We live in a world under the influence of harmful lies, lies we believe, lies that have been fed to us, lies that are the result of our trauma and our abuse, lies that we have received, and we are living in a pattern of destruction. We are living in a world bent on destruction, bent on self-destruction, bent on others' destruction, bent on destroying the earth, right? We're just wreaking havoc on the world. But in baptism, in baptism, and Kading, Jameson, Ava, Veda, in baptism, you are declaring 
that we and you are tired of living in a world under the influence of false gods. You are declaring that you are tired of living under the influence of anyone but King Jesus. And in baptism, you are saying, I am dead to the influence and the power of sin, Satan, and death. And you are saying, we want to serve a new and better king. And we want him to lead us in a new direction toward a new and better world. You're saying, I want to be a part of that. You want to be a part of a world where all the wrongs that have been committed have been made right and are being made right. Everything sad is coming untrue, as C.S. Lewis said. And you want to be a part of making that happen. So let's walk through this passage in Acts real quick. We are de- First of all, we are declaring our allegiance to a new king. A new king. And that king is Jesus. And that king is so good. He's so kind. He's so loving. He's so strong. He's so generous. He meets you no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're thinking right now. Jesus is right there. He's a good king. And you know what he's done? It says in Colossians 1, 13 through 14, this Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. See, there's a new king and he's rescued us from the influence and the destruction of the old king. Who's the old king? We call him Satan. We call the powers and principalities. First Peter says that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So that's whose influence we are under. That's who we are tempted to follow. But the new king says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'm going to give you rest. The new king says, I am the bread of life. Stop going after food and drugs and sex and all the things that don't satisfy. I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who will satisfy. He says, I am the living water. If you drink from me, you will never thirst again. And from your life will flow living water that will flood the earth and bring healing to everyone and forgiveness. This is our king. In Acts, Peter describes it this way in verse 22. He says, Jesus of Nazareth performed many signs. What was Jesus doing when he healed people, when he touched the leper who no one else would touch, when he healed the woman who no one else could heal, when he protected the woman who no one else would protect? What was Jesus doing with these signs and wonders? He was saying, there's a new king. There's a new world. There's a new kingdom. And you can be a part of it. I'm healing all creation. Verse 23. 
Peter says he was crucified. Why would we crucify someone who is bringing such good in the world? Why would we do that? I think we're afraid of what love, radical love, calls us into. It calls us into a way of life that can be scary. And it threatens power structures. It threatens those who oppress. It threatens our wealth. It threatens our wallets. It it threatens our selfishness. And so we want to murder the one who loves. But Jesus, he did not stay dead, right? He did not stay dead. It says in verse 24, Peter said, he was resurrected. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible. I love that. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Imagine death personified, just grabbing Jesus and trying to hold him down in the grave, but he couldn't do it. Jesus did battle with Satan, sin, and death. Jesus defeated Satan, sin, and death. And when he rose from the dead, he left sin, Satan, and death dead in the grave. It died with him, and he rose victorious, and he offers us that same victory over Satan, over sin, over death. Verse 32 through 36. Peter goes on, we're describing this new king. This is the king you're going to follow. This is the king that you're pledging allegiance to. He's exalted at the right hand of God. And then he pours out his spirit, verse 33, pours out his spirit on us. He pours out his life-giving, healing spirit on us. The spirit that reconciles the world to himself. The spirit that mends relationships. The spirit that gives you victory over your addictions. The spirit that reconciles your, your, the, the, the things that you've done to other people. That heals the sins that you and the wounds that you've inflicted on other people and that have been inflicted on you. That's what Jesus does. In verse 36, and here's the new king part, okay? Uh, this, this, This God described who died and rose from the dead, sits at the right hand of the Father. He's both Lord and Christ. Did you know Jesus Christ? Did you know Christ is not Jesus' last name? It's not like Jesse Harden, Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is a title. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Christ, the King. Christ is a word for Messiah, the King. The King that we've all been waiting for. Jesus, the King we've all been waiting for. And in response to this, in response to this King, this new King, the people ask, what shall we do? What shall we do? How do we become a part of this? How do we join? How do I become part of this new kingdom? How do I come under the rule and reign of this new king? Because it sounds a lot better than the one I'm serving. Doesn't it sound a lot better than the one we want to, we tend to be tempted to serve? The good shepherd? The bread of life? So in baptism, we pledge our allegiance to a new king, leading us in a new direction toward a new creation. And here the people ask, what shall we do? And Peter says, you're going to have to turn around. You're going to take a new direction. And so you being baptized, Veda, Jameson, Kading, where are you? All right. Who did I miss? Ava, there you are. Thank you. 
Jesus is inviting you to turn around. He's giving you a new direction, and he's giving us all a new direction. Um, To repent simply means to turn around and go the other way. Turn around from where you were going and go the other way. I have this vision of when school, when a class lets out in school and the hall is super crowded. You get this picture? And let's say you're going with the flow. You're going with the flow, and it's just like, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And then your teacher's like, hey, you forgot your book. And you're like, oh, shoot. And you got to turn around and go against the flow of traffic, right? And it's like, how do I get, how do I get around? I remember having to do that at a parade once, and you're just like, it's so weird. Go against the flow. But the flow of humanity is under the influence of, of lies and deception, headed towards destruction, and Jesus locks eyes with you. Jesus locks eyes with you and says, hey, I'm going this way. You think he's weird. He's going, why is this dude going the wrong way? He locks eyes. He says, hey, follow me. And we turn around, and it's awkward, and it's weird, and you start following Jesus. You've got a new direction. You've got a new way. So the way that he calls us to, it says in verse, um, let's see, 37, what shall we do? And then Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And what do you get when you go this new direction? You will have the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this forgiveness of sins is your healing. This forgiveness of your sins is the healing of all the wrongs you have done, the ways you've hurt other people. God is going to say, hey, let's repair that together. Let's restore what you've broken. And he's also going to do some deep work inside of you. Because you've had people hurt you. You've had people wound you. You've had people deceive you and abuse you and neglect you and harm you. And Jesus wants to heal that. He's a surgeon, a kind, good surgeon that wants to cut out everything that is killing you and leave only what he created to be. And so we're given a new direction. And so Veda, Jameson, Kading, Ava, this new direction, you're going to have to go against the flow sometimes. The flow of the world flows towards hate. The flow of the world flows towards unforgiveness. The flow of the world flows towards oppression and discrimination. The flow of the world flows towards selfishness. The flow of the world flows towards abuse. And so where there is hatred, as the prayer says, you're going against the flow and you're bringing love. That's what Jesus is doing. When there is injury, you're going against the flow and you're bringing pardon and forgiveness. Where there's doubt, you're bringing faith and encouragement, and hope. Where there's despair, you're bringing hope. Where there's darkness, you're going to bring light. Where there's sadness, you're going to bring joy. You're invited into a new direction under this new king. And where is he leading us? A new king leading us in a new direction toward new creation. Let's just talk about this new creation, and then we're done. We're going to get into the waters here. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is what our church is named after. 
I think it's, it's, it's beautiful, it's comprehensive, what Jesus is doing. He's not just forgiving you individually. He's making all things new. He's the Alpha and Omega making all things new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. This new direction is headed somewhere, and it's headed towards new creation. It's headed toward restoration. It's headed toward the renewal and healing of all the world. That's what Jesus is inviting us to. And I love that he doesn't just send us alone. He doesn't send us alone. He invites us to come along. Can we say that together? He doesn't send us alone. He invites us to come along. I think sometimes we think, oh, Jesus, if I become a Christian, I'm, I gotta, he's going to send me out to the farthest reaches of Africa or wherever. But he actually says, no, come with me. I just went hunting for the very first time, which is really weird if you know me. All right, I'm not a hunter. I don't kill animals. Well, now I do. I did. I killed an animal. But here's the deal. This, the guy I went with, his name is Skyler, Kendall's brother. This guy loves hunting. He loves hunting. He dreams about hunting. He's, when he, who wakes up, he thinks about hunting. He's, he watches YouTube videos on hunting. He watches shows on hunting. He's, you know, his Netflix queue is full of hunting stuff, all right? He wears camo to, to work sometimes, you know? He's, he loves hunting. I'm not a hunter. I didn't think I would uh, enjoy it, but he wanted me to like what he liked because he likes me. I'm his friend. And he wants me to be with him, and he also wants me to be with him doing what he likes. So he invited me to go hunting. And he was so, like, he was so, like, excited for me to, he's like, Jesse, you're going to love this. You're never going to turn back. He will always want to slay animals after this. It's going to be awesome. And so we went hunting, and, and it took a while. Like, it wasn't immediate. So, like, we were driving around in the hot desert looking for antelope, and there was no antelope. And he was like, oh, man, I want to get one so bad for you. I want you to like this. I want you to like this. And the day two goes by, and he's like, oh, man, it's usually, it's usually better than this, man. It's, it's, it's okay. Like, let's look for antelope. You know, we're looking. Day three, he's like, oh, man, I want you to like this. And finally, we see an antelope at 11 a.m. There's one. He's like, get your gun, get your gun. Go on, you have to do it yourself. And he was so excited. He, he was way more excited than I was. He's like, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, and I shoot it. He's like, you got it, you got it, you know. And he was so excited. And, and after he like, you know, I kind of like, you know, dressed it a little bit, you know. I didn't want to touch it. It was gooey. But he was like in there. And then we're in the truck. He's like, smell my hands. They smell like antelope. I love this. So that was, that's Skyler. He loves it. Why do I share that story? Because in a lot of ways, that's what Jesus, Jesus invites us. He loves us so much. He loves you, and he's going this way, and he's doing this stuff. He loves making all things new. He loves restoring lives. He loves getting in the nitty-gritty, right, of your life. He loves getting in the mess, and he wants to heal it. He wants to, he, he's willing to get dirty. He's willing to get it, actually, to get in the crossfire. He's willing to even be crucified. He loves us so much. And he wants to, he wants, he loves you, and he wants us to be with him. 
He's like, Jesse, follow me. I'm going over here, and this awesome thing is going to happen. You're going to love it so much. Once you, it's a little scary. Sometimes it's a little boring. Sometimes it's just like putting your kids to bed at the right time. Sometimes it's like putting away toys and doing dishes. Sometimes it's going to work, but it's, it's mundane. It's boring. But man, wait. If you stick with me, if you stick with me, you're going to see all things are being made new. You're going to see the breakthrough. You're going to see the kingdom come. You're going to see healing. You're going to see people restored. You're going to see yourself restored. We have a new king leading us in a new direction toward a new creation, to a world where all wrong things will be made right, where hate will be turned to love, where bitterness will be turned to forgiveness, where brokenness will be mended. And Jesus just invites us to be with him. So last thing here, look at the result of this new people following this new king, going this new direction. Acts 2.42. Let's just read that. We've got it. This is the new baptized community following Jesus, going against the flow in this new direction towards new creation. And look what happens. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, that's to community, to being with each other, to shared life, to breaking the bread and to prayers, to eating together, to living life. And what's the result? Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. People are experiencing healing inside and out. Lives are being restored. New creation is breaking through. Verse 44, all the believers were together and they had everything in common. Go ahead. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the life we've been called to, creating spaces of welcome, sharing generosity, and love around the table where Jesus is at, ho- is at his host, receiving the care and the love of our king and life under his kingdom. So in baptism, we pledge our allegiance to a new king, taking us in a new direction toward a new creation. So are you ready to participate in this amazing thing that is taking place right now? I want to, can we grab people to get the kids? And we're going to bring them to, we want everyone to come. I want the uh, baptismal people, Kating, Ava, Veda, Jameson, come on forward.